Good evening. This is Dee Banks at the table. And thank you for joining me this evening. Um, as uh, I mentioned in my last podcast about having a guest tonight. And her name is Pinky Red. And she is uh, from Generation Z. And the reason why I wanted to bring uh, Pinky on to the podcast is because I have been really listening to a lot of uh, um, people that have been born uh, from 1995 to 2015 and their stories and a lot of struggles have gone on. A lot of things are going on with Generation Z. And so I, by her being a Generation Z, uh, she's a very unique young lady and she's gone through quite a bit in her life. And I thought she would be the perfect guest tonight to talk about her story, how she started and where she is now in her life. And from her, I'll be having other guests on the show uh, to talk about their lives too. Just to give all of us who aren't a part of Generation Z an idea of what's going on in our country with our young people. Okay, I'm a baby boomer. Then we have the uh, genera- the millennials and Generation uh, X. And I mean, there's X, Y, and Z. And we're all so different and come from different eras, uh, eras in our life. And so... We're going to start here with Generation Z because uh, they are the most recent generation that we're dealing with. So they're they're going to be our politicians. They're going to be our lawyers and doctors and maybe our, your presidents. This is the generation that is the most diverse generation, the most open-minded generation uh, that ever existed. So we cannot ignore this generation and they need all the love and support that they can get because Generation Z starts from age four all the way up until 23 or 24 years old. So that's 1995 to 2015. So we want to support them. We want to listen to them and see where they're coming from and see what they need uh, from us. Amen. Um, I met her at a um, nonprofit organization and, and the organization is called a Growing Unified Development and the acronym for that is GOOD. And I met them at a meeting and she was so impressive, so smart, so strong, been through so much at such a young age, the age of 23. So she's a rapper. She's a mother. She's a hairstylist. She's a fashionista. There's so much about her that I want you to meet tonight. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Pinky Red. Hi, Pinky. Hey. Hey, this is a very exciting uh, night uh, for me to have you on the show. You're my first guest, and I'm so, so excited because... You are so impressive to me. You're like my daughter, and I just love you so much. And you're born in August, like me, and so we are the bomb. And so, you know, (laughs) I just want to talk about your story. I want you to share it with us. So I'm going to ask you, um, where are you originally from? I am from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. I was raised so many different places, but I am from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And where are your family, your mother and father, where are they from? My mother was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. My father is from Utah, but he was raised in Memphis for most of his life. Okay. Now, your mother's black and your father's Caucasian. How was that growing up? Um, it was it was different, you know. Uh my dad, he didn't even know that he was white for majority of his life. He thought he was albino because he was adopted by a black man. His mother married a black man, you know, and 
he never knew his real dad for a long time. So he thought he was black, you know? And then you got my mother who is a black woman, but it's kind of, she has white ways. <laughs> so it's, it's very different, you know, growing up in a, a, a mixed home. Okay. So now we're in Utah now and, um, at, you were raised in Memphis, and what year did you uh, come back to Utah? I mean, how old were you when you came back to Utah? Um, when I first came to Utah, I think I was eight. Okay. I stayed till I was twelve, and then I came back when I was I left, and then I came back when I was fifteen. Okay. Yeah, and then right. I've been here ever since. Okay. So now. Being in Utah, you know, we have a lot of biracial children here. When you came here at 15 or when you were younger, before you came back, did you notice much racism uh, here in Utah? I definitely experienced some racism. Not as bad as the South, you know, because they are very, very, they have some issues in the South okay, and in the Midwest. But I did, I encountered some racism from a lot of different type of tribes here a lot of different crowds okay it wasn't just white people which was very different for me uh-huh but yeah i definitely came across some racism were you bullied in in elementary school at all or definitely in utah were you no nah, not no utah okay. I was ne- no okay all right you didn't <laughs> go through definitely. that in utah you didn't go through bullying. i mean people try you know what i'm saying but i was always a tough head so okay it never really no okay so now you, between the age of 12 and 15, you lived in Oklahoma. Yes. So what was living in Oklahoma? Because our, our, in our mind, Oklahoma is a, a cow town. <laughs> very with country. no blacks, yeah. uh, very country, but kind of give me an idea what Oklahoma's See, like. people need to get that perception out of their head because it's a, just like everything else, everything progresses. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oklahoma is definitely a hood. Okay. I live in Oklahoma City, North Highlands, to be exact. And growing up there, it was very hard, you know, very hard area. It's it is country, but it is definitely a hood. And the thing is, it's like their suburb is right next to their hood, so you wouldn't even know that you're in the hood until you encounter drive-bys, robbery. Mm -hmm. You know, like our house was beautiful, but we were dead smack in the hood. That's very interesting. So going to school there, so from 12 to 15, you went to school there. So having a black mother, a black father, a white father, how was that? See, in Oklahoma, it was very hard. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely hard out there because people definitely look at you different out there. I was never white enough for the white crowd. I was never black enough for the black crowd. But see, my whole life, I grew up black. You know, so in my mind, my soul, my spirit, my heart, I am African-American. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And you can't tell me no different. Mm-hmm. Them, they see a light-skinned girl who they feel is privileged because I have a white father. Mm. You know what I'm saying? My mother is very high ditty, how they would call it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm just like them, what they yes. didn't know. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I went through a lot of the trials and tribulations that they went through, especially as being a mixed child. We got it way harder. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I hear stories like that. Yeah, we get it yeah. way harder. People tend to forget that we were also slaves. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, because we were, you know, saw as mixed and we were in the household, you know, people don't realize... Them mixed women was getting beat by the slave yes. master. You know what I'm saying? We was getting molested by the slave master. 
we are black too and we deserve just as much as respect as the black yes. community i see a lot of that uh light-skinned women uh they always tell me stories about how hard it was uh for them being bullied mm-hmm. by by all race the black race mm-hmm. the white race you know definitely, um definitely and definitely. i i hear stories from a lot of women who are are beautiful light-skinned have gone through hell because of the color of their skin and it's, and it's so hard it still exists today i hear stories from uh these kids in junior high school that are mixed they are go- being tortured by boys and girls because their hair is curly and uh you know, and they're being traumatized every day, Definitely. you know, because of, of the, the color, they, they, because they're biracial, right. you know. One of the parents will show up and, and one is black and one is white and they have to deal with that and they get teased and talked about because mm-hmm. of that. And so it's very difficult and heartbreaking uh, to hear these stories and they are part of Generation Z. So this is why I'm so interested in hearing stories about young people in school and what you're going through, suicide, drugs, uh, all these Definitely. things that are horrific, traumatic. Definitely. Yeah. But people have to realize at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I am mixed, you know what I'm saying? But I still go through, in society's eyes, I am black. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's right. So at the right. end of the day, while my people is treating me the way they treating me, I still have to deal with society yes you know police brutality yes i still have to deal with all that extra stuff on top of my own community you know so i definitely understand yes you know i'm a black queen and that's how i feel yeah you can't take that away from me you know what i'm saying i'm very strong because i am a victim to my society my surroundings yes Wow, well, you are definitely strong, and you are a queen. Thank yes, you, you are. Thank you, queen. Thank you, queen. Amen. You are a queen, honey. <laughs> so now, let me ask you this. What, you were in Oklahoma, and what made your uh, mother feel that it was best to come back to Utah? Well, like I was saying, we was kind of living in a dangerous, you know, area. My mother had six kids she was taking care of, you know. She had my two siblings, my two sisters, my two brothers, and my cousin. And, you know, me. And we had better opportunities out here. She just felt like it would be better. I was mad at her for a long time, though, because I got comfortable living in that situation that we was in, you know. And for her to drag us away, I was really angry with her for a long time. But I do understand now, as a mother, I get that that was the best decision for all of us. Yes, to be raised in Utah. Definitely. Coming up. Yeah, it's very different uh, being raised here in Utah. Um, I have to say that it's best for families. You see more uh, families here. Uh, in, in When I was living in Washington, D.C. area, Virginia, Maryland, and D.C., mm-hmm. you rarely see families, children. Uh, you always seen single people. Yeah. And that was so odd to me. I never seen children. Not in the malls. I didn't see children. I went there in the early 80s. And I moved back to Utah in 2015, and there were hardly children. But now you start to see families and kids. Now they're having more dogs and kids. So yeah. when I went there on vacation, I was there for two months, there was hardly any kids. It was mostly dogs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the nation's capital is built, it's, it's surrounded by a lot of single people. Right. And when you see couples, they're far few and in between, but it's not a great place, I think, for families, to me. Right. Because... 
young people need, if you want to be married, it's good to be in a married environment, Definitely. an environment with kids and, and families, Definitely. you know what I'm saying, couples. And, and children, I think. What you think about that? I definitely think that's true. You know what I'm saying? That's why I do feel like Utah is good for families. It you know is. what I'm saying? Because yes. at the end of the day, where I was growing, you know what I'm saying, growing up at, you didn't see many families. You know what I'm saying? You saw a lot of single mothers. Yes. You don't really see a lot of single fathers. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you saw a lot of single mothers. And then when I came here, it was a complete switch. Yes. So exactly. I definitely understand where you're coming from. But this is only a family region. You know what I'm saying? Yes. This being in Utah, it's very family oriented. Yes it so. is. Yes it is. Yeah. And it can be uncomfortable when you're single. See, I could never live here being single. When right. I was single, I was like, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. Right. Because the dating life and how it was, it just wasn't wasn't for me. And I just look at single women, I'm like, how are you guys doing how are you dealing with this? Right. It's not you easy. Know? You know? It's not easy being Especially single. Especially like if you grew up here, that's one thing. Because yes. you're bound to marry somebody you went to school with. Yes. See, when I first came here, it was really hard for me because everybody knew everybody. Yes. I didn't know anybody. Uh-huh. But I made myself known. Yes. That was different. You know, a lot of people, yes. they come here, they're real timid. And they stay to themselves. Like, the only way that you're going to make it out here is if you make yourself be known. Yes. You know, because yes. everybody does know everybody. And everybody's already secretly planned yes. to be married. Yes, that you is know? very true. Now, that's in Ogden. Now, in Salt Lake City, it's more uh, metropolitan. So, it's a little bit different. You still see a lot of families. Yeah. But you see a lot of singles in the city. There's more money, more jobs. Yeah. Uh, where we live, and we're living in the suburbs of of Salt Lake, and so um, it's a little different. It's way, 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 right. way, way, way. But it wasn't always family. like that either, though. Salt yeah. Lake, like honestly, when I used to live in West Valley when I was younger, you know, uh-huh. it was very family oriented too. Uh-huh. So when I found out that West Valley was a hood, I was so oh, like, sure what? I never even knew. Oh, it's a. <laughs> but Austin is very different. You yes, know? it very is. Very different. It's up and coming and it's growing. And uh, I see the changes. And I see positivity. I still see a little bit of negativity, but I see a lot of positivity. It's the most diverse uh, city, I think, in the state Definitely. of Utah. And that helps a lot. It does. You know, it helps us a lot, a great deal. So now you graduated, graduated from uh, Roy High. And, uh, and so when you were at Roy High, it looks like you had some accomplishments. Tell me about your experience going to Roy High School here in Utah. Yeah, so I graduated from Roy High, but I originally started at Ogden High. Uh-huh. My first day at Ogden High, I got into a fight okay. over some racism. A little boy called me the N-word. I wasn't going for it. You know, I'm from the South. I yes. wasn't going for it. So, first day of school, got into it. Um, but Ogden was a really, it was a really great school. I started a step team there. You know, I, I learned to love it, but then I had to leave. Uh, and I went to Roy High. And Roy High was really interesting for me because the first day I went to school there, I was blasting my music, you know, my Tupac, all eyes on me, uh-huh. you know. And I was walking in the hallway, and the whole hallway split. The whole hallway split. And even this one little boy, he threw himself in the locker, and they were all scared of me. And I'm looking around like, what's going on? Like, I'm this little girl. I got a Tennessee Titan shirt on. I got some micro braids. I'm looking at everybody like, why are you, why are y'all spreading like this, you know? But they used to call me the bully slayer at the school. Because once you get popularity, it's going to be somebody that's going to try you. Uh Because... 
they want to be big and bad. You think you coming in for their throne, you know? Yeah. So bullies will try me, but I was beating up the bullies, you know, left and right. Yeah. So, and I wasn't getting in trouble. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I got, I, I'm very, I was very close with the principal, uh, Miss Butters. Uh-huh. I met her the second day of school. I had gotten to it with one of her teachers. Because they were trying to tell me what I had to do, what I needed to do. And I just felt like it was so unprofessional. Like, I am a human being. I have my rights. You could tell me what I should be doing, but you don't demand me to do anything. Uh-huh. So I felt it was very unprofessional. So I met Miss Butters and she was like, what's your name? And I was like, my name is Pinky. Everybody called me Pinky. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, I said, but I just want to let you know that your staff is very unprofessional. And I don't like how they are speaking to the children. I don't like how they're speaking to me. I'm a human, just like you're a human, you uh-huh. know? And we've been cool ever since. Me and Miss Butters, like, we've been rocking. She was like, I love your personality. You're very That's real, awesome. you know? And I started a step team there. And, you know, I just, I, I just brought a lot of diversity to their school, you know? That's awesome. So I ended up graduating early. Okay, so yeah, I graduated early. But she still let me walk. So I oh, came back. Okay. And she let me walk with my class. And I got the uh, vice principal's award. Oh. But my principal presented it to me. Uh-huh. And on my record, like, I have Valley Victorian on my record. Uh-huh. But they had to give it to the real Valley Victorian because I was new to the school. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. So I have it on my record. So technically, I was Valley Victorian. Uh-huh. But they had another person that okay. took the award as well. Were you the only black kid in the... Uh... High school over there, Roy? No, no I wasn't. Okay. okay. I was the only one who wasn't afraid to be seen, though. Aha. Uh-huh. That makes a difference. Definitely. You know, yes. I got, I ended up becoming cool with all types of different crowds. I was a loner, you know. Okay. Being a loner, you know, you, 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 people want to hang out with you, but I never put myself in one crowd. Uh-huh. I wasn't a prep. I wasn't a jock. I wasn't a black kid. I wasn't the best. Like, I was everyone, you know. Yes. If for somebody wanted to sit with me at lunch, it's because they came up to me. I never went up to them. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. So, I, oh, it, I started, oh, my gosh. I started a dance group at oh. lunch. So we would like go inside the common area in uh, Roy High uh-huh. and we would just start dancing. Everybody, and in one day we did it for the first time. We got it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, I want to see that. Yes, like, I have to show you. And like the whole lunchroom like stopped and was staring at us like battle. We was just battling. Uh-huh. And it was like Ooh. the best thing ever. And we did it every lunch period. And the principal started seeing it. And like they made it a real thing. Oh, yes, awesome. So, going to Roy High was definitely a dope experience. How many, uh, so how long did you go to Roy High? Was was that just your senior year? Just went there? I went there for a little bit of my junior year and then my senior year. Okay. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Well, I want to ask you about, uh, what do you consider your strengths and your weaknesses? My weaknesses, I would have to say, is my, my siblings. My son, my mother, my grandmother, not so much my father because he's definitely my strength, you know. Uh, my strength is just, you know, honestly, myself, okay. you know, because I could do anything. Anything I put my mind to, you know, but okay. take my family away, I'm nothing. Okay. You know, so. That makes you weak. It makes me weak. That's your family. Your son, your family, your family oriented. Definitely love my so, family. Yes, that's wonderful to love your family because so many people in your generation, a lot of them don't have family. Right. They don't have close family. And all I had was my family, you know? Yes. Not necessarily like 
my outer family, but uh-huh. my immediate family, we yes. only had each other. That's so. so wonderful. Yeah, you guys were very close. Now, you had a traumatic experience also in your life, um, you mentioned, and it was uh, it happened between the age of 5 and 12. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, yes, definitely. Um, when I was 5, all the way to the ages of 12, I was molested by uh, close family members, you know, friends, you know, and... Yeah, pretty much that's just, I was molested from the time to then, you know, then, so. Yeah, so how being molested, that that amount of time from 5 to 12, how did that affect you in dating guys or liking boys and, and growing up to be with guys, men, you know? See, it's very hard. It was very hard for me, you know. I had a lot of trust issues, but a lot of people don't understand when you are molested as a child, you grow a loyalty for your molester. I was very loyal to my molester, you know? So I wouldn't talk to other guys. I would only talk to my molester. Like, when I would, other guys would talk to me, I would think they were so gross, you wow. know? Because to me, it was so normal, right. you know, to be with this person that uh-huh. was molesting me at a young age that I felt like it was, that's who I was supposed to be with. I was in love with my molester for a long time, you know? Yeah. It took me a minute to realize that I was being abused. And... Yeah. After you get molested, you think, like, you can't go through nothing else. But that is a total lie. Because yes. dating definitely was hard for me. Because I had to experience everything else that came with it, you yes. know? I got beat by yes. one of my boyfriends. After I told him that I was molested, he took advantage of that. Yes, they you will. Know? Yes. Because he was like, as long as I don't do this to her, I can do whatever I want. Because yes. she won't see it as a bad thing. Uh-huh. You know? But I got beat. I got cheated on. You know, I got... All types of just disrespectful things that men do to us women. And it's like, I accepted it. Yes. Because I felt like someone loved me. Yes. You know? And then when I got attached to a man that wasn't my molester, it was like, okay, well, I got to give him this loyalty that I gave to my molester. Uh You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like the same thing. Yes. Just I'm not being like molested. Yes. You know? Absolutely. So now I I have these trust issues and it's so hard because I've been therapy, you know? Yes. My mother, she didn't even know I was being molested. I barely told her when I was 22. Yes. And she blamed herself. And I had to tell her, mom, it's not your fault. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. Because when you're being abused, you just know to be quiet. Yeah, it's true. And silence is deadly. You need to speak up. Yes. If you're being harmed, if you're being touched, you need to speak up because silence is deadly. You could yes. die. Yeah, you could die. That is just so interesting. I look at you and to see that you've gone through that is you're so strong, you know. You know, and, and, and I'm not even bad. Yeah. I'm not mad at my molester. My molester was also being molested. You know? Yeah. They were young. At young ages, like, they had did it for so long that it had became a normal thing for them. Like, to this day, like, I'm not mad at them. Right. You know, I love them. They were yes. family. Yeah. You know? Would I let them around my kids now? Probably not. You know? Would I let them around my siblings? Hell no. Right. You know? Yeah. But I'm not mad at them. I right. pray for them every day. Yeah. You know? Because... They're in pain. Yes. Hurt people hurt, hurt other people. people. Exactly. And so it the only way for this to stop is to get help. Exactly. You know, get some therapy and get help. Or you'll continue in life. You know, guys who are molested, they don't know how to love a woman. They don't know how to treat a woman 
the way that they need to be treated. I mean, it's a it, power thing. Yes, control. Yes, it, it really, really is. Definitely. Like I said, I was in love with Mama Lester for a long time. Now, from the ages of five to like before 11 uh-huh. I didn't know what love was you right. know what I'm saying yes, yes, but yes, from yes. 11 and up like I was so in love with him because I had been dealing with it for so long you know yes. and it wasn't just him I got molested by plenty of other people but uh-huh. it was horrible you know yes. but sure. the person who was constantly doing it like I, there was even one point I thought I was pregnant by my molester you oh. know but I was a kid I didn't yes, know sure. so I thought I was pregnant because I was throwing up every day yeah. Now realizing that I was throwing up because I'm a child and my body is getting impacted by a grown man. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I thought I was pregnant, so I was like, I gotta marry him. I gotta marry him. I gotta marry him. Uh-huh. But how do I tell my mother that right. I have to marry Mama Lester? You know. Wow. So I just always kept it a secret. Wow. Always. Wow. Picky, that's very deep. Yeah. That's deep right there. Wow. Whew. Well, you also mentioned that you had joined a gang at a young age. Yes. Um, so tell me about how you got in the gang and how you got out of the gang and what did you get out of being in a gang? Okay. Well, when I was 13 years old, I was with a young man who was in a gang. Uh-huh. Okay. And, you know, I wanted to impress him, you know. So I was already thinking about joining the gang before what had happened to me happened to me. So, you know, there's only two ways to get into a gang. Either you can get like smashed on which is having sex with multiple men in the group okay or like the top dog you know what i'm saying or you can get jumped in and i was 13 so i'm not trying to have sex with all these different little boys you know i'm a virgin technically and i'm not finna do that so i went body what they call body you know with a couple of different little boys and they were boys i'm a girl i'm 13 so yeah, I got beat up one day, but I didn't even know I was going to get put on, you know? I just came over one day, and I was talking to my boyfriend. I was like, yeah, you know, I love you. I'm down for you. And it was like, today's the day you getting put on. You know what I'm saying? You getting put on today. And they, they just, you know, started hitting me, and I got up, and I started swinging back, you oh, know? Yeah. Started swinging back. I didn't know. I was a little girl, but I ain't never been weak, you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah, definitely got out there, and they shook my hand after that and told me I was on. Yeah. And where I was living, you know, you only had some choices, you know, especially because I was a light skinned girl, yes. you know, who was a hundred pounds, you know, five, two at the time. Yeah. And all these girls were jealous of me and they wanted to fight me because their boyfriends were looking at me, you right. know, and they was like, as long as you with us, you ain't got to worry about that. So I needed the protection, yes. you know, so I would do my little dirt for them. But I was a kid. Like, what can a kid really do for a gay? Right. You know, That's so true. So. I did that, but my big homie, like, he understood that I was a nerd and that I was a young lady. Oh, and yes. I wasn't like them. I was oh. very different. I always carried myself differently. Yes. You know, I'm a woman first. I'm a lady first, you know? Yeah. And he was like, just have your fun, you know, do what you're doing, but you got, you're going to be somebody. You got a career, you know? You you you, you got a career. Go, go, go and spend that. Like, I had like four scholarships at the time. I was only 13 oh. years old. You know, so he was like, this ain't life for you. But I was too deep in already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My mentality was, I got to do this. I got to right. go do dirt. I got to go rob. I got to go steal. I got to go do this, you know? And for a long time, like, still to this day, like, my parents don't even know 
that I was gangbanging, you uh -huh. know? Like, they have an idea, of yeah. course. You know, I come home, I'm all beat up. Like, yeah. who was you fighting with? Why you look like that, you know? My mama, my mama slapped me, you know, beat me up a little bit. Like, I know you out there doing no good, you know? My daddy, he knew, but he never said nothing, you uh -huh. know? He was just like, you my child. I know you, you know? Uh -huh. He respected it on a different level than my mother respected it. Sure. But still to this day, like, I never admitted that to them. Now, I got a question. You just, this light bulb just went out. You know, does Generation Z go through what I've seen with jealousy amongst each other, women? Jealousy of each other? Do Are you guys closer as women than the baby boomers and the millennials? Are you guys better than what we are when supporting one another? Are women Definitely still not. separated and jealous of one another in this competitive thing and, uh, uh, backstabbing and, and, and things that I have seen in the past with you know with yeah. women not sticking together and loving one another I feel like there's a big handful of us who do support each other you know what I'm saying uh -huh. but this generation is all about competition it is everybody okay. want to be better than the next person like I told you like we're a traumatized generation yes, you know you what are. I'm saying we yes. just seen a lot of things we just yes. seen the twin towers get knocked by we just saw yes. people get shot on TV yes and that traumatizes us. So, yes. especially the women, no, we're not together. You know what I'm okay. saying? We want what you got. Okay. If you got something that's better than me, I want it. Okay. And that's so ugly to be like that because wow. it's enough for all of us. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. But this generation is so stuck on if you got what I want, I'm going to take it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we are traumatized. I don't want you to be better than me. See, I'm not like that. I used to be like that. I was an ugly person for a long wow. time. Real ugly person. Okay. But I'm not like that no more. I want to see my, my queens come up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want the next person to be just as good as me. If not better. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. seeing a person come up, especially when they was at their worst, is so prideful for me. You yeah. know? I'm like, wow. That's, that's beautiful. So that's great. the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. But it took me a long time to get there because of my surroundings. Yes. You know? Yeah. Everybody always beat me down when I was up. Oh, when See, I was down, jealous. they beat me down even more. Yes. You know? Yes. So, just jealous. Jealousy. Yeah. Jealousy is ugly. Jealousy spin. is ugly. It yeah. sure is. And I always say, if we could all come together and love one another, what would this world be like? What would it be like? Heaven. It would be, I'm telling you, because we have a, we are so powerful and the love, how we are created. If we all just came together and just loved each other, what it would do to the world. Definitely. See, the devil knows that. That's why he's, he separates us and causes all this division. Uh-huh. The, the competition and all that jealousy, because the devil knows that if we come together, it would, we will just be so powerful mm -hmm. and it would be a better place. It's just some people in the world who want to see the world burn. Yes. You know? And it is going to burn, too. Yeah. Trust me. Jesus is on the way. But anyway, we'll go. Help is on the way. Yeah, help is on the way. <laughs> so, um, where is your heart and your mind today, Pinky? Like, do you feel like you've overcome? Do you feel like you love yourself now 100%? You're 100% Pinky? Are you still trying to figure Pinky out? What's up? I mean, I feel like every person is still trying to figure themselves out. You know, I wake up every day and I want to be a better me. You know, uh -huh. I want to learn. Uh -huh. I want to be great. Like, I love myself. I do. Good. Some days I wake up and I'm down, uh -huh. you know? But some days I wake up and I'm at the highest. Yes. You know, and I just feel like I want to learn 
to love myself at my highest peak. You yes. Know? I've yes. definitely had some times where I did love myself, but I can tell you I'd never go back. Yes. You know, because where does that get you? You know what I'm saying? It gets you nowhere. It doesn't. It's a long road of nothing. It really is. So, all I do every day, every morning I wake up at 7, 8 o'clock. Uh-huh. I make me a pot of coffee. I put on these uh, videos okay. about being a bad, a bad woman or a bad chick. You know okay. what I'm saying? What makes you a bad chick? Not what other people have. Uh-huh. None of that stuff. But looking at yourself in the mirror, and I tell myself every day, you're beautiful. Oh, I love that. You're beautiful and you're better than yesterday. Oh, right. See? Even when I'm mad. Even That's when I'm awesome. mad, I tell myself you're beautiful. And you're beautiful. Thank you. You really are. You are beautiful, Pinky. Um, so anyway, let me ask you this. This is a very deep question before we get into your music career. How do you feel about religion? Uh, religion? You're- religion is a struggle for me. You know, I grew up in a polytheistic home. I grew up in a Muslim home for a long time, you know. I had some Christianity in my life, but not very much, you know. I, I kind of struggled with, like, knowing Jesus for uh-huh. a long time, you know. And I was mad at Jesus for a long time. He had did so many different things to me, you know, that now I understand, you know, wasn't necessarily to be evil. Was know? it Jesus or was it was it Satan? And that's what I, I still struggle with, you know, because I always grew up with God is this powerful person. He can make anything happen. And it seems like every time I would ask God for something, it would go the complete opposite way, you know, especially when he took my, my, my brother from me, he took my sister from me, you know, yes. I was looking at him like, well, why would you do that? You know? And then when it really broke down for me, when I got really mad at God, it's the same time that I stopped being mad at God because I got into a car wreck two years ago yeah. and I asked God, you know, to keep everybody in the car safe. But only after I kept having visions of the car wrecking. I kept having dreams. And I kept waking up like, hey, is we cool? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Are we good? Are we good? And then eventually I fell asleep. I fell asleep. But before I fell asleep, I told God, I said, keep everybody in this car safe. Please keep everybody in this car safe. Make sure we get home to our families. I asked him that, you know? Yes. And then the car flipped four times on my side only. It only flipped on my side. Wow. The baby flew out. It was a baby in the car. Baby flew out the window, but the baby wasn't touched. The baby wasn't harmed. wasn't a scratch on the baby. It yes. didn't even fall out the window. It's like when yes. the car rolled, the baby fell on top of the grass. Wow. And it was just there. It was great, you know? I was the only person who broke my rib, my spine, and my, my shoulder blade. And I was so mad, but for a minute, I had blacked out. And uh-huh. I was talking to God. It was crazy because I talked to God. I knew it was God because yes. I wasn't in no pain. And God asked me, he said, do you want to stay or do you want to come home? And I said, God, I got a son. That's all I said to him. I got a son. He said, then go, go home. Go back. I woke up and I was in excruciating pain. Wow. Excruciating pain. And that's when I knew God was real. Yes. But I was so furious with him. Because why am I in this pain? And I prayed to you. I prayed to you to keep us safe. But he did exactly what I asked him to do. I never said, make sure I go home unharmed you know yes. what I'm saying I uh-huh. said make sure we get home to our families yes so that's exactly what he did yes I took the sacrifice yes you know and I now I realize that he helped me yes he did but I still struggle with my faith because I've experienced so many different things in my life that I felt like God should have been there for yes. you know but I do want to know him I want to know Jesus I want to yes. know every day I wake up and I I, I pray you know, yes. I do. Because I want him to know that I'm looking for you. I'm searching for uh-huh. you. I'm not giving up on you. Just like I know you ain't giving up on me. Uh-huh. But it's hard. Yes. 
especially because I'm a sinner. Yes. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sinner, you yes. know? Every day I wake up and I sin, and it's just like, how do you not give up on me? And I, and all I do is give up on you. Yes. He's never going to give up on you. That's what I love about him. He loves us unconditionally. Right. And he knows we sin. Right. He knows it. And he still loves us anyway. Right. And it's amazing, that kind of love. Unconditional, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And all he wants us to do is acknowledge him. And to know that he is Lord. It's just so simple. He just wants us to love him and honor him and tell people about him. Right. And your testimony is a wonderful testimony. Because he showed you miracles, signs, and wonders. You were hurt, yeah, but you healed. You came out of it. And you're walking. Your arms and your limbs are still. See, you got healed. Yeah. And those children, everybody in the car was saved. He wanted you to see that. Right. And every day, you know, like I said, like, I wake up and I do talk to him. Even when I'm mad at him, though, I had to realize that. Even when I'm mad, I call on him. I may say his name in vain, but I still mention him. You know? And that's when I was like, dang. Like, I had to take a step back from myself and realize, who am I? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Who am I to judge? He do something for me every day, but what do I do for him? Yes. See, you on the right track. Yeah. And that's all he wants you to do. And it's so simple. His request is so simple. It's just to love and honor him. And you know, I'm getting close, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm going to find him, you know. Yes. I'm going to find you him. And I'm going to help you find him. I I'm going to help you. I'm going to introduce you to him. And you're going to start having a relationship with him. And it's a process. And I'm telling you, once you fall in love with Jesus, your life will never be the same, Pinky. Never. Okay? Never. And then I want you to pass it on to your son. Definitely. And let him, him, I have him get to. to know Jesus. I have to, you know, because, you know, my my boyfriend, his grandmother, she passed away. God bless oh. her soul. But she was a very, very, very church lady, you know. Yes. And I just feel like it's my job to keep that going yes. in her in her blood, you know. Yes. My son needs to know that because yes. that's where his family come from. Yes. So it's, it's important. True. Yes. I'm so glad that you're open to get to know him because some your generation some of them are so like anti mm-hmm. I don't believe in it I don't want to believe in it you know because what's being taught in school yep. you know it's like you don't see any signs and wonders and then you see people who are religious doing bad things you're like this is crazy yeah. a lot of people are just like your generation is like I don't believe in it I don't want to hear it and to hear you say that you're open to having a relationship than getting to know Jesus it's just one it's a big step Pete. you gotta believe in something yes you know? you yes to, because if you don't you're gonna be lost yes because there's only two there's only two powerful beings okay you can either serve God mm-hmm. the father of Jesus Christ or you can serve Satan that's it there's only right. Satan and God that's but it but here's the thing though why would you serve Satan when God made Satan? Yeah. So who is your boss? I want to see who your boss is. Because I'm not going to listen to you. Can I see the manager, please? Yes, exactly. Right. So, you know, you don't want to serve Satan because going to hell is not a place that you want to end up being. So, so the Lord is calling you, calling on you and your generations to turn this stuff around. And so once you know, you'll spread the word. They'll spread the word, Definitely. and then it'll, and then it'll start. So you guys will be saved from from going to hell. Definitely. And and that's what I want to see for you guys, because you guys are so awesome. I'm, you're going to be the presidents, the the politicians. You're going to be the doctors, the lawyers, the, the every. You guys are the, our future. 
So we need you guys to be grounded in the truth yeah. and know who Jesus Christ is. It's so important. We need guidance. Yes, that's, we that's do. That's the main thing. Is yeah. that a lot of us feel like we know it all. You know, yes, but yes. We don't, we don't know nothing. Yes, you need guidance. And it's up to us, the baby boomers, the millennials, it's up to us to reach, reach down and grab and lift you guys up and support you Definitely. and to, to, you know, to help you to understand and to see it all because a lot of us run for our generation. We run from you because we don't like the music. We don't like the clothes. We don't like this. We don't like this, but we have to embrace it and face it because you guys, you guys need it. And you guys have to realize that we are only who y'all made us. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I was born in the nineties, you know? So a lot of the stuff I saw was, what my parents had allowed me to see, you know? Yes. A lot of our music is vulgar, but where does it come from? Where does it come I know. Because I remember I was out there in the world in the 90s. I was out there in Honey, in the clubs. I was out there. Right. So I know what you have been faced with because I was out there. That was the time that I was out there from the 90s all the way up until, wow, when did I get out of there? 2000 and. Uh, six. Mm-hmm. That's a long time being out there, you know, in the world. I worked a lot and didn't yeah. wasn't in there deep because if I was in there deep, I'd have been a drug addict and somebody would have got a hold of me. But uh, I worked all the time, but I was in it. I was in your your era out there yeah. in the world, living it, listening to the music, the dress. I mean, I was just out there. Right. So I know exactly what you're where you're coming from. And as a human being, it is my responsibility to support you and you guys and to be there for you and encourage you guys and to teach you guys what you need to be watchful, how to be the best parents, how to be the best students, how to be your best, best. You know, it's up to us. That is our duty. And the Lord is looking upon us to do that. So you got me. I'm in your corner. That's for sure. I am in your corner. That's for sure. Well, anyway, uh, now that we've talked about religion, let's talk about you being a rap artist and uh, living in Utah, a rap artist, and you made your first uh, your song at 17. You rapped uh, at 17 and made a song. Uh, so what I'd like to, I'd like to hear it, Pinky. I'd like to hear a little bit of, of uh, I heard you in the car, in my son's car, you and him did a little something, something, and I was blown away because it's like I would not have known you from any of the rap artists that I hear, which is every once in a while, because I don't, I don't really get to hear much, but you are so talented. Thank you. I could not believe what I heard. It just gave me goosebumps. So why don't you give uh, Dee Dee Banks at the table, as we sit at the table, why don't you give uh, our podcast listeners, listeners a little bit of, of Pinky Red? Well, first, I got to shout out my team, if that's okay with you. Oh, yes, please. Okay, so my team is M.E.G., Markham Gang, you know. I got to get a shout out to C3, J23, Lady Savage, uh, Clutch, you know what I'm saying? Clutch 100, Ida, and my brother Tyree, A. Ralphie, all y'all, you know, y'all a big part of the uh, Berkham gang, and y'all very supportive, y'all my rocks, everything, you know, so definitely got to give them a shout out because without them, awesome. I wouldn't do any of this. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> let me go ahead and give y'all a little okay. something. Okay. <laughs> all right. 
One thing y'all forgot, there ain't no hoe in my blood. My family raised the beast and I don't get no what. Had to get it on my own, so yeah, I've been through the mud. So used to hate that I don't really know how to love. I can only be me, so I care less who you was. My mama told me, nah, we don't mess with no scrubs. I ain't no tough chick, but I'll fight you like I was. Beat your ass and shake your hand and then we roll us a blunt. I ain't gonna lie. I don't lose, cause I don't play fair, but don't be mad at me because my mind, it ain't all there. Be careful giving me your heart, might end up with a few tears. Leo ass like, get out, how you sitting with a blank stare? How you get so heartless, how you get so cold? Forget the world and get money, is what I was told. They keep coming from me, hoping that one day I'm a foe. But I'm a Leo trick, so all I really know is be bold on God. Oh, I love that. You go, girl. Okay. You go. I look forward to hearing you. I look forward to seeing you perform in the community uh, here soon. I think we're yes, working on something here. Yes, up. got a show coming up. And I'm so excited uh, to hear you in the group. And I look forward to interviewing uh, some of the ladies in your, your group too. Definitely got a big story. Oh yeah. Cause they, and that's what I'm searching for. I'm searching for all the stories that I can get from your generation because you're unique. Uh, there's no other generation like your generation. Right. And uh, the way you love is different than, than the love I've seen. You just, I love your generation. I love you so much. And I'm too. so excited for you. Yes. And what's to come in the future. And um, let me see. Is there anything else I want to ask you? Where do you go from here, Pinky? Where, from right to this day, where are you headed? Where are you going from here? I'm only headed to the top, you know? Okay. I want to be an a entrepreneur. I want to continue to go, you know, with my music career. And I just want my family to eat, you know? Everything I do, ooh, excuse me. Everything I do, I do it for my son, you know? Okay. So, I could only do so much because he's going to be better than me, you know? Uh-huh. I want him to be. So, I'm going to do as much as I can, you know? Just so he could be what I want to be or what I want to see him to be or what he want to be, you know? Yes. So I can only do good from here. I can't All go right. down. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's what's up. Now, uh, the name of your group again is what? So uh, everyone will know to watch out for you because as you climb to the top and you being here on my podcast first, you're going to be uh, well known. And so I just want us to know the name of the group and are you going to. Uh, do anything alone? Are you gonna all? Oh, it's just a group thing right now. Um, we uh, we do things alone, but okay. we definitely like we a group. You know what okay. I'm saying? We support each other. Okay. But um, I'm Pinky Mother Effred from okay. Merkham Gang Meg. You know, and we just we gonna make it to the top. Okay. That's what it's gonna be. Now you mentioned modeling. Um, yeah. And when you mentioned that tonight, um, this is something you just brought up, and it's something that was presented to you. You think you might get into modeling? Career? Um, I've always done modeling. Actually, when okay. I was younger, I was uh in a lot of pageants growing up. You know, oh. that's why I've never I've never been scared. I've never been shy. Uh huh. You know, because I've always done it. But I am now a plus size girl. You know, I'm a little bit uh-huh. more. I got hips, thighs, you know, so uh-huh. I'm definitely thinking about pursuing my BBW modeling, you know, okay. I think that it's something that's very important. Black women, we got hips, yes. you know, we got breasts yes. and we don't have a lot of stuff that fits us. Yes. So I do think that's important. And if I got to be the example, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. So I look forward to seeing you pursuing that too. Definitely. Okay. Well, Piggy, it was a pleasure speaking with you tonight. I love you. We love you. And we look for some big things from you here in the near future podcast family thank you so much for for listening and uh 
just being with us and and uh, joining me uh, this uh, 2020. And remember the challenge, the 2020 challenges for us to love one another every single day, seven days of the week, 365 days of the year. And we're going to love people and everyone you meet. You give them the time of day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope all is doing well with that. All is doing well, going well in your lives. And uh, uh, we are going to have some exciting guests on the podcast. So stay tuned and I'll always keep you informed in what's going on in our country, in our states, and in our communities. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you for this glorious and beautiful day. Lord, we thank you for bringing uh, Pinky to the podcast and her sharing her story of her life uh, being a part of the Generation uh, Z, which is, is a generation that is going through so much right now, Father God. And we ask that you touch each and every one of these young people and encourage them, Father God, and bless them, Father God. And we pray that they will get to know who you are because once they get to know who you are, Father God, they will have a much better life. You will you'll never leave them nor forsake them, Father God. And bless all those on this podcast this evening, Father God. Anyone that's struggling with anything, Father God, I ask that you touch them, Lord. Embrace them, Father God, and remove anything that is unlike you, that is keeping them from being their best self. Father God, I ask that you bless me and keep feeding me with information to give to the people that listen to this podcast, Father God. I am an unperfect person. I don't claim to be perfect. I'm unperfect. And that's why I know you love me so much, Father God. You choose unperfect people to do great things for you. And that's what I'm doing for you. Lord, we're going to keep on praising you and honoring you in everything that we do. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Well, until another time, God bless.